0: On Macquarie Radio NTS, this is What's Cooking with Nerida Conway, bringing you a tasty assortment of all things food and wine.
1: Hello and welcome to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Merida Conway and I'm very excited to be telling you about our show we've got lined up today. We're going to be chatting to Travis McCauley who's the executive chef and part owner of the Hellenic Republic Group of Restaurants in Melbourne. Also he's head sommelier uh, and actually the main, main wine buyer for the Made Establishment Group, that's Andrew Philpot. Also chatting to Steve Felice from GNS Creations who is an ice cream maker. Very exciting because he's making some glow in the dark ice cream and cones for White Night in Melbourne. And also chatting to Maeve O'Mara from Food Safari. She is an absolute legend, as you know, about all things to do with fire cooking. And Travis McCauley's filling in for Ian, McCur- Ian McCurley <laughs> Ian Curley this week by answering your curly questions. That's on What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio NTS.
0: Guess who's coming to dinner with Nerida Conway.
1: And you're with Nerida Conway on Macquarie Radio's NTS. What's cooking? How are you, Travis McCauley? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here today. So, Travis McCauley is one of my favourite chefs and a, just one of my favourite people, actually. Um, you are the executive chef and part owner of Hellenic Republic yes. restaurants that unfortunately are only in Victoria at this point. Yes. Yes, and I say, I say that's just such a shame, crying shame for everyone else in Australia to miss out.
0: Well, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone needs to go to Hellenic Republic. And I'm sure that most people have been at some point because you've been going now for how long?
0: Uh we're coming up we're seven years. We'll be eight this year.
1: Good Lord. I remember when you opened, it feels like yesterday.
0: I know, it's gone very quickly.
1: You're incredibly busy because every time I talk to you, there's just stuff happening. And I've got to say this, you don't even look a tiny bit Greek. <laughs> and the Macaulay part, is <laughs> it macaulay My big eyebrows? <laughs> Macaulayopolis, maybe?
0: Possibly, possibly. George's <laughs> mum did say she wanted to baptise me, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how did a boy like you from, where did, where did you come from? Me, Fentry Gully. Fentry Gully, wind up doing Greek, beautiful Greek food. Um...
0: I I this is going back over ten years now. I worked with mm. John John Passana sat at One Fitzroy Street. Okay. Um, and then he left, and George came in as head chef, and
1: he approached me about going to a Press Club and setting that up, mm. and it kind of went from there. And did George just fall mad in love with you because you've sort of got the same haircut? Ah, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Um. I don't know what to say.
1: To he, <laughs> he, just, he did have He hair just recognised perfection when he saw it, didn't he, with you?
0: Oh, I'm not even going to comment on that one.
1: <laughs> just lap it up, you know? <laughs> okay, so um, when I met you which is going back easily five or six years ago. Yes, would be. Um, Hellenic Republic just opened, and um, I did a masterclass with you, which was wonderful. Yes. Uh, it was over four weeks, and it was learning um, dips and things like that in the first week. Was everything from Mazer. Yes.
0: Seafood. Yep.
1: Yep. Uh, and I uh, – oh, my gosh. Your taramasalata, and I'm going to say this with confidence, best in Australia. Ooh. No, I am. I'm putting it out there. Big call. It is a big call. And I don't say it lightly, but it's true. And I think everybody would agree with me. Uh, It's not the electric pink, glow-in-the-dark pink tarama that you find.
0: It's a pure Codro. stunning. We're in the process um, because every six months we struggle to get it. All the Australian suppliers seem to struggle. And uh, so it comes off the menu because George won't let me put the pink one on.
1: No. And there's a bit of a tantrum from everyone when it goes oh, off uh,
0: we had a couple of days last week where we didn't have it available mm. um and there we had we had issues
1: yeah that's what issues i mean so. people literally love it so much and yeah. the other thing that i think you do absolutely phenomenally well and on our website what's dot cooking.com.au it's one of our most downloaded and viewed recipes and that obviously the grain salad the grain salad cypriot yes. grain salad it is Oh my gosh! I can't even find the words. So good and ridiculously healthy.
0: It's um, it's. Started... I'm really ninety.
1: I just look like a forty four year old, even though I'm ninety because of the grain salad. <laughs> the
0: grain salad. It's grain salad. It started as um, it started as one of Mary's salads, and I think. F-
1: Sorry, for fricker. our listeners, uh, just to just to interrupt you for a minute. To our listeners, um, Travis's business partner is George Columbaris, obviously from Master Chef fame, who is also part owners part owner of um, Hellenic Republic and Mary is George's mum
0: yes and yes. so yeah so we, it started as a bastardized version of her salad and and then mm. we just kept adding things to it
1: which how did she feel about that uh, oh, she
0: she doesn't mind. she was good with that one okay there's a few of the other Greek dishes she uh, she she gets upset when we've tweaked or okay. bastardized
1: okay uh, well I have to just tell you a little funny thing that happened to me this week mm. had a uh, a Greek old lady, knock on the door of my house, our house, Uh, never seen her before in my life, and she asked me if she could take some parsley from the garden, because as you know, we've got quite a prolific veggie garden in the front, and I said, sure, so she said, go and get a knife and a bag, so I said, okay. Interesting. I went and got a knife and a bag, and she said, no, no, bigger bag, okay, okay. so I went back in and got a bigger bag thinking, what the heck (laughs) is she going to (laughs) take, and she went for her life, she just went nuts just cutting like truckloads, even parsley that had gone to seed. And I'm saying, but it's gone to seed. No, it doesn't matter. You can still eat it. It's perfect. And she just took So Oh, she's like, oh, you've got spring onions. I'll take some of them. And I'm trying, it was a bit awkward. So I'm trying to make conversation to her thinking, wow, she's really going for a laugh. And I said, what are you making? And she said, dolmades and tabbouleh. And then at the end she said, and I'll take two apples. And I said, sure. And they were just for her to eat. So she took two <laughs> apples off the tree and then she left. And we thought, My son just thought it was hysterical. And then the next day, she knocks on the door and hands me a container of the yummiest Dolmati's.
0: Oh, I was going to say. Yes,
1: yeah. and most delicious tabbouleh. And honestly, I thought that is a fair swap. I am so excited about that. And they were is delicious. She... So, and then she just left.
0: So has she set herself up for return visits now? Or? Well,
1: Tilly, my daughter, said she saw her in the front garden the other day helping herself to some party. Oh, she's back already. She's back. She's back already. <laughs> so I don't know how frequently she's going to kind of deliver the tabbouleh. But, uh, you know, if she keeps doing this, she may put you out of a job.
0: Interesting. <laughs> Well, I know where you live, so I'm going to come around <laughs> later while you're working. Please
1: do. <laughs> um, now, just quickly, tell us what's happening in the world of Hellenic, because you you are prolific. There's another one popping up at the moment. You've just yep. relaunched Q. We
0: have. We've just um. <clears throat> we've just we've just done a, a refurb at Q. We are two years ago when we took over St Catherine's. We we did a quick re, re sort of amp. Yep. Um, and, look, we, we didn't feel that it was, it was quite right. Mm. So we've since opened a, a little Whole Foods Cafe Mastic next door. Yes. So what we've done, we've gone through and we've given a, a full facelift, separated Mastic in its own identity. Yes. Uh, redone our function rooms upstairs, mm-hmm. which, um, which look phenomenal now. We've we, we ripped out the ceiling mm-hmm. and we've sprayed it a really deep, vibrant blue. Awesome. And the, uh, the architects have made these cray pots that they've dipped in white plaster it's So a hundred of these beautiful white cray
1: pots. I can't wait to come and see it. Yeah. So mm. it was a
0: bit of a redo that. And then um, downstairs in the restaurant, we've, um, we've sort of stripped that out too. Mm-hmm. Um, we've lined the roof with sort of rattan sort of bamboo.
1: Beautiful.
0: Um, and then the food is sort of based around, we've, we've worked with this guy from Melbourne Firebrick Company. And we've made this beautiful three and a half tonne yes. oven.
1: It looks amazing.
0: It's a phenomenal. So everything's kind of, we're, we're talking whole vegetables roasted through the oven. Oh, um, Corn gorgeous. cooked directly on the coals. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really exciting.
1: Oh, that's awesome. And tell yeah. us about Williamstown. When's that going to be? Williamstown,
0: we're, we're signing off on the little bits and pieces now. They're pouring concrete this week. Um, So hopefully end of May we'll be open.
1: Oh, that is so exciting. Well, you know, you're incredibly busy and plus you've got two little children that are gorgeous. They are. So your life is very full on at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. With all these new developments.
0: It is. like it keeps us on our toes.
1: (laughs) sure does. (laughs) All right. Well, Trav, can I get you to stick around and help us to fill in for Ian Curley today with Curley Questions a bit later on? Not a problem at all. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been Travis McCauley from Hellenic Republic, and you're with Nerida Conway on What's Cooking.
0: Now, it's My Shout with Nerida Conway.
1: And thanks for joining us on What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio NTS. I've got Andrew Philpot here in the studio with me. We've just been chatting to Chef Travis Macaulay from Hellenic, Restra- Hellenic Republic Group Restaurant. Um, and Andrew is the wine buyer for the Made Establishment Group. And, Andrew, tell us all the different places that it, that encapsulates.
2: Uh, well, Nerida, um, we started that with the press club, Ooh, coming up 10 years ago now. Mm. Um, we also have the Hellatic Republics in Brunswick and Kew. Yes, and um, soon to
1: be Williamstown.
2: That's correct, mm. yes. Um, Gazi in the city as well. And I look after the Jimmy Grant stores. So and how
1: many of them list. are there now?
2: Uh, what have we got now? We've got Fitzroy, Emporium mm. in the city, uh, mm. Ormond, Richmond, and our newest store is Eastland out Eastland. Oh,
1: it's just too exciting for words, isn't
2: yeah, it? No, there's worse jobs in the world.
1: <laughs> so you have to choose all of the wines. Now, they're very different Obviously. The wines that you'd get at the Press Club, for example, would be very different to the ones you get at Jimmy Grant's.
2: That's correct. We have different offerings in different venues. We also, for the past seven or so years, have imported a number of producers directly from Greece, which we feature on the wine list at mm. Hellenic, um, Brunswick being exclusively Greek, um, and also a mix of different products at the Press Club and Ghazi
1: Right, because I was going to ask, do you only import, or like, do you only have Greek wines available?
2: Uh, not at the Press Club or Ghazi. We have Australian mm-hmm. and other selections as well. But okay. Hellenic in Brunswick, the decision was made some years ago to focus on, on the Greek As it things. should. Yeah, exactly. We used to have some wines um, on tap there in the early days that were Australian, but the staff were comfortable um, with the Greek offering, so it's great to be able to push that. That's that good. Angle.
1: Now, I can honestly say that I know very little about Greek wines.
2: You wouldn't be alone in that uh, statement in Australia, I, I, I think. just,
1: I don't actually think that the Greek wine is sort of known, Well, Greeks are known for their wine, really. I mean, they're known for food much more so than wine.
2: Correct. Historically, you know, Greeks were very big in the, the wine scene, if you want to call it that. Mm. But there's been a movement in the last 20 or so years to more modernisation in the Greek wine mm. industry. So we're seeing the fruits of that come through more recently in Australia. So some more modern techniques in, um, in in the wineries, but a focus on Indigenous varieties from Greece, which is what we focus on as well, rather than Greek Sauvignon Blanc or Greek Shiraz, which you can get, but we prefer to have the Indigenous varieties where possible.
1: Okay. And I take it that you go to Greece. You're not
2: Greek. I'm not Greek. No. no, I get... Hard with that brush from time to time. <laughs> well, Philpot um, doesn't sound very Greek either. Philpotopolis, I guess. Philpotopolis, sometimes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Macaulayopolis. Most years that's right. Most years I try and get across, and I'll be there in uh, three weeks' time again for a, a visit to all of our producers over great. there.
1: Great. And so you get to go there, I guess, and experience the wines firsthand before you make a commitment of who, who you bring out. So Correct. To speak.
2: It's great to see it in the context where it originates from rather than just trying wines at a trade show mm. here and not getting the full picture of the people behind the Wines, their vineyards, and the full story. Yeah, right.
1: Mm. Now, I'm very excited to see that you've opened a couple of bottles here to show I have me. I've
2: bought a couple of whites in today for you. Mm. Yes.
1: Because Travis's, Travis McCauley's wife, Beck, who
2: is a friend of mine,
1: has been absolutely raving about one of these wines you've just that's coincidentally right. bought in By today. That's
2: That's one of the ones I've got for you today, which is a wine called, from a variety called Moscofolero.
1: Okay, and I was saying before to you off air that they're actually not corked.
2: I mean, sorry, they're corked.
1: They're not screw caps. They're under
2: corks. They're not definitely not corked. No, um, no,
1: definitely not corked.
2: <laughs> no, but um, look, the the appellation control in Greece, as with many parts of Europe, dictates. sorry, just explain
1: appellation control for our listeners. So
2: there's rules and regulations that drive a lot of the um, choices you can make um, in Europe when it comes to wine. Mm. Um, and one of those, which is somewhat backwards to my mind, but um, to achieve appellation control, you must seal the wine with a cork, mm-hmm. um, be it natural or synthetic, mm-hmm. but the screw cap that we're more familiar with in Australia these mm. days is, is not allowed, otherwise you can't Weird. label your wine under that appellation. Okay. But yeah. Hopefully in time we'll see that change because I think...
1: More labour intensive.
2: Yeah, and to my <laughs> mind, you're more sure of the product you're getting when you have it under screw cap.
1: Yeah, which is interesting, isn't it? Because it used to be when screw caps first came out, it was such a ooh like such a...
2: Some negative connotations yes. or, or, a, or it cheapens the wine yes. in some respects, some people but thought.
1: But it's amazing to talk to sort of... T- top international winemakers who say, burr, would never go back to court Exactly, yeah. yeah.
2: And when the wines are new to consumers, I think that mm. to show them the best possible light is important.
1: Now, Andrew, this is a really, really beautiful colour. So tell me about this one that I'm having.
2: It is. So this is a wine, as I said, from the Moscofilero variety, from mm. a winery called Bosanakis, which is a small family estate in Montanea in the Peloponnese region of Greece. It's a um, gorgeous
1: Almost blush and very colour. Very slight blush, that's Almost. right. So, mm.
2: Mosca Filero, a little like Pinot Gris or Grigio, has some mm. colour in the skin, and depending on the amount of time you leave it in contact with the um, the juice, you can extract a little colour. Most producers tend to, to not do that, but Bosanarchus like a little blush to the wine. I
1: think it's yeah. actually uh, like an asset.
2: Exactly, yeah, yep. Yeah. And it's a very aromatic wine um, mm. from the Muscat family, it but smells beautiful. to my mind, this is the Seven Blanc Drinkers Gateway Wow, that into has the world just made my wine.
1: taste buds go crazy. That is just really, really punchy, beautiful flavour, isn't
2: it? It's lovely. Yeah.
1: Okay, I can now see why Beck loves this one so much.
2: <laughs> yes, it's I'm really good. What would
1: you match with this of of Travis of Travis's food? What so, would you match with this?
2: Dishes at a more delicate end of the spectrum. Mm. Um, salads are often a good way to go. I mean, the, the grain salad we have at Hellenic mm. in Brunswick with the Pomegranate, yes, I think is a great. Match yeah, wine that'd be like gr- this.
1: pomegranate would that would really go. Yeah, you've beautifully. got those elements
2: of the wine, and it's some yes. good freshness as well as the aromatics. Okay, how
1: about the other one?
2: So the second is another white wine, this time from the yeah. island of Santorini, which right. many people who've been to Greece more often than not they've visited Santorini. Well, I want to. Well, wow, it's a delightful. Travesty!
1: Place. I haven't been there so far.
2: And this is from a producer called Hatsidakis. Okay. Again, a family producer. Um, Two thousand and fourteen vintage. With the variety being a here, which is the main white variety of the island. So okay. those Am I if, expecting
1: this to make to transport me to kind of beautiful
2: beaches? And... Hopefully. Yeah. Sunny kissed <laughs> okay. island that it is. No, um, it
1: smells different to the other one. It's
2: quite different, less aromatic or less yes. sort of opulent aromatics. Yes. Um, it's more about structure here. Um those who've been to the island will know that there's little or no soil to speak mm. of. So the vines grow in volcanic ash um, with no rain for the growing season. So oh quite wow! A harsh environment. This one's amazing but too. Giving such a delightful wine as this, very acid driven as yeah. well. quite a tight line.
1: I really like this one.
2: Yeah. Quite similar to Hunter Semi. This one's got. This one
1: respects. packs a punch. Like this one's got. It does it know, does higher alcohol
2: but acid to bring the wine back together. Yeah, again.
1: that's really good. Gosh, who knew? Well, now we all know. Precisely. Oh, okay. Are all these wines on the list at Hellenic? Like so if our we, cuz we'll feature these on our website so that if our listeners want to try them yep. when they go to Hellenic, can they order them?
2: Absolutely. The, um, the Bosonarchus Moscofilero is the 2014 vintage that's mm. arrived in our most recent shipment. So that's on the list at uh, both Hellenics as well as Gazian Press Club. And the Hatsidarchus wine, again, 2014 vintage, is available. Can we that's give a couple of, of
1: bottles beans. away to our listeners?
2: Absolutely. Is that all right? Yeah.
1: Okay, great. I'll just we'll just give maybe two bottles of each away. That's fine. And to win one, um, jump on the website, whats-cooking.com.au, and tell us why you think you'd like to try some of these beautiful Greek wines. And we'll send some out to you.
2: Thanks for joining
1: me, Andrew Philpot, who's the wine buyer for the Maid Establishment Group in Victoria. And thanks for coming on What's Cooking.
2: Thanks very much for having me,
1: Nerida.
0: Tasty. The latest local produce for you to enjoy.
1: And you're listening to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. In the studio with me now, I've got a very talented fellow, Steve Felice. How are you, Steve? Yes, good morning. Good morning. You? Now, you're very clever. I couldn't wait to get you on here and actually see this with my own eyes. You are the chef and owner of GNS Creations and one hundred ninety six below, which I guess is below zero. That's correct. Yep. With the direct reference to ice cream. Yes. Right. I never knew that it was that. I never knew that it was that. Um, you know far below zero.
3: Well, that's because we use liquid nitrogen for our ice cream. So oh. that's the temperature of liquid nitrogen 196. Because
1: I thought if it's zero, it freezes. I don't get it.
3: Yeah, true. Well, this is much more cold than wow. zero.
1: Wow. Okay. So tell me, first of all, just in a nutshell, how did you sort of get into this this field?
3: Um, well, I was a fashion designer for 15 years. Oh, wow. um, and then... I kind of hated fashion at the end of it, so I went over to Europe, um, came back um, back to Melbourne, was a bit lost, um, then went over to Europe again with my partner uh, Glenn, who is also my partner at um, GNS Creation. Mm-hmm. He's the G.
1: Oh, there. <laughs> okay. Um,
3: and we went to um, Heston Blumenthal's Fat Duck restaurant in um, just outside London. Life changing. Oh, absolutely. Actually came back (laughs) and um, did a pastry
1: course. Yeah, right.
3: And then during my pastry course, I kind of um, had seen a shop um, making ice cream using liquid nitrogen. So I kind of sussed out what they were doing and um, we suddenly created like a um, pop-up. We named ourselves 196 Below because N2 was taken. Mm It's
1: a great name, by the way. Thanks. And um,
3: it's just been growing ever since. It's been growing organically. Um, Can
1: I ask you a question? Because that's my role. Sure. <laughs> ask away. What's the difference between, say, dry ice, which mm-hmm. I've seen to make ice cream... Yes, and uh, liquid nitrogen to make ice cream. I know they're different products, but what's what, why would you pick one and not the other?
3: Well, um, dry ice is um, minus seventy. Mm-hmm. Uh, liquid nitrogen is minus one ninety six.
1: So much more hardcore.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's also um, easier to work with liquid nitrogen because um, obviously it's a liquid form. It quickly crush it up. Yeah, mm. you don't have to crush it up. Mm. Um, it's a little bit messy using dry ice. Okay, but using liquid nitrogen is quite easy. Mm. It's really accessible.
1: I wish I had have bought some in because. I would love to play with some. I think that that's a recipe for disaster. And you know, everyone around me who knows that I can be a little clumsy is probably freaking out at the concept of this right now. But I would love to have a go at it.
3: Well, you should come down to our one of our market stalls and. Um, oh my gosh! Try would it. you let me? I absolutely. You'd we'll let me? On, yeah, oh. we'll put on some goggles.
1: Oh my gosh! I'm so excited. Okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. I'm going to film it. I'm going to show everyone what it's like. That's Awesome! awesome. Now. The reason why I wanted you to come on today was because White Night in Melbourne is coming up. And for those of you who don't know about White Night, it's – what? what's the date again? Uh,
3: 20th of Feb.
1: That's right. And what time? Oh, explain what you're doing at White Night.
3: Um, so this year we have developed a cone Yes. Um, that glows under uh, ultraviolet light. Yeah.
1: And he's not joking because as I sit here in the studio, uh, Steve has brought in an ultraviolet light – and you can't see because this is obviously radio, but I've got a beautiful-looking waffle cone that just looks like a regular standard waffle cone, but when I hold it up to the ultraviolet light, it glows with all different sorts of colours, like... It's amazing, and it's not going to make me glow when I eat it and do toxic things to my insides, is it? No, no,
3: no, because um, <laughs> it's actually a vitamin that um, makes it glow, that gives it a oh. UV glow property. And
1: tell us about that vitamin.
3: Yep, it's vitamin B2, so roboflavin. Wow. Um, so I was I was just searching on the web about things that glow, um, that's edible. Oh, and gosh, um, look at that. An overseas company had... Um, made their actual ice cream glow. And when I actually seen what ingredient they had used, I quickly um, ordered some. Um, And then I contacted a Melbourne um, cone manufacturer Mm. called the Original Cone Company. Um, I sent him an email and within five minutes I had a phone call saying, give me the stuff, let me try it. I was like, okay, cool. Came over the next day. Um, 12 o'clock the following day, I had pictures, and that it was a success.
1: Awesome. And so White Night, obviously, is all about blacking out Melbourne and lighting it up. Sure. And Flinders Street station and all the restaurants around just glow, and it looks amazing. I actually haven't been yet to it because, you know, we've got youngish children, and I kind of just was a bit panicked that, that <laughs> I'd have to put them in ultravioletly glowing vests and things so they didn't get lost because it's super crowded. Yeah,
3: it is super crowded. It's quite nuts.
1: Super crowded. So, yeah, but I'm very keen to come and check it out. And um, whereabouts will you be and how do people find your glowing cones?
3: Um, So, we are in the so-called monkey district of White Knight, which... (laughs) Is kind of centred, I think, between Melbourne Central and Burke Street. Okay. So we're in Burke Street, um, opposite, not in the mall, but um, next to uh, what's it? Target. Okay. So it's on the Target side.
1: Excellent. All right. And how long are you going to be there for? Uh,
3: we'll be there. Well, we have to open at seven pm. Yep. And um, we close at seven am. Wow. And so.
1: So you're uh, pulling an all nighter.
3: Oh, absolutely. Well, until we sell out. Last year, when we just done the ice cream alone, yeah. that glow, yeah. um, we were kind of finished by three o'clock oh, and packing
1: up. Gosh. So have you got double the amount this year?
3: Uh, not not yet, but we are kind of looking to...
1: How do you store all this ice cream? Because you've got to make it in advance, obviously.
3: Well, what we do, we actually um, churn the ice cream into an anglaise, right. and we just store it as anglaise. We have fridges. Okay. And then basically, as the orders come through, we make to order. So, okay. It's kind of like more of a spectacle and a show because yes. people are kind of interacting while their ice cream's being made. Yes. Um, and then we actually um, hand them the ice cream. It's quite funny with oh, what people do with it. it and taking photos <laughs> and course. their mouth kind of lights up.
1: And... Oh, very cool. What are some of the flavours that we can expect?
3: Um, well, I think because the last year it was quite popular, we'll bring back Redskin. Okay. Um, And I think we'll do mango passion fruit. Yes. um, And then we'll do a sorbet also, which I think we'll do pine lime again.
1: Nice. Beautiful. They're a little bit retro. Yes. Pine Lime, it's a little bit 1980s.
3: Yeah, we like our 1980s. I love it. I was a, born, I was a 1980s baby. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. You look too young
1: to be an 80s baby. No,
3: oh, I was. <laughs>
1: oh, that's awesome. Now, after this, what's in store for you? Like, where where can people find you and what are your plans?
3: Well, um, at the end of December, we're doing the um, Lonsdale Street Greek Festival. Okay. Where all our favours, flavours will be Greek-inspired. Um, Greek, in- Greek inspired. Uzo. Uh, there more. you go.
1: No, no, no. I'm giving you that.
3: All right. Okay. You Uzo can take that
1: idea and you can run with it. <laughs> All right. And you can Uzo thank me later. <laughs> I will. Sivlaki flavoured ice cream?
3: Oh, Not so far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a little bit carried away, aren't I?
3: <laughs> we, we thought about it, but we thought, oh, maybe let's not.
1: <laughs> what will you do?
3: Oh. Um, well, I think we're going to do a, the baklava. Yeah. Um,
1: we'll do halva. Oh, my gosh. And then
3: like a Hellenic mess. So it's just going <sighs> to be... All these kind of Greek pastries and flavours all mashed into one.
1: Well, earlier in the show, we chatted to uh, Travis McCauley from Hellenic Republic. Yes. And, uh, oh, the food is just crazily good. You Greeks listening... A lucky, let me tell you. Yeah,
3: I've been there. It's beautiful.
1: Oh, I've never been, and I want to go badly. Yeah,
3: you should. Oh, I know I should.
1: Oh, yes, I'm just waiting for the day <laughs> where I can get on the plane and go and stuff my face full of dolmades and other goodies.
3: Oh, that could be a good flavour.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, mm. no, I've already given one. you the. I've already given you the user, So let's not get carried away. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, oh, look, that's wonderful. All right, so. Uh, Give us your website address as well so people can track you down.
3: Yep. So it's www.196below.com.au. Excellent.
1: And, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show to chat to us. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we'll check you out at White Night.
3: Awesome. See you then. And we'll let you play with it
0: too.
1: Thank you. I'm holding you to that. Okay. You're with What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS.
0: What's New with Nerida Conway.
1: And welcome back to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. Now, I'm very excited to be chatting on the phone to a very, very talented, amazingly clever woman, Maeve O'Mara. How are you from Food Safari? Oh, gosh,
4: I can't I can't live <laughs> up to that. Yes, <laughs> you can.
1: You can. <laughs> that level of wonder? No, you can, Maeve. You've, you've been in our lounge rooms for quite some time now. How long has Food Safari been going?
4: You know, Nerida, I measure it from my children So, <laughs> and what years in school they are in. Uh, but I think we're sort of coming up to probably eight or nine years uh, that we've done food safari. Which is brilliant. And then before that, I mean, my son, who's now 21, was a toddler when we started doing Food Lovers Guide. Mind you, he wasn't even born. We were knocking on the door uh, trying to get food television up on SBS. Yes. So, you know, um, the whole sort of food... Evolution, revolution in Australia has been a long, long time coming. It's, yeah, um, and you're really a first mover and shaker, been a part of it for so long.
1: Yeah, and you're a first mover and shaker with it, weren't you?
4: Well, you know what? I'm I'm a um, refugee from the white bread suburbs. <laughs> I just really wanted to be eating more interesting food. So I was evolving at a time Australia was evolving, and. And my, you know, I love discovering great food, you know, whether I'm going travelling mm. overseas, but also finding it on your doorstep. For me, that's just the
2: best, best uh. thing. So,
4: so I was finding great stuff and just thinking, this would be amazing television. Because I was working in news, current affairs at, um, well, I, I started uh, my career in newspapers and then went to the ABC, worked in current affairs there. And, you know, those skills of. Jay. Putting pictures together and telling stories. Wonderful. When I got to SBS, uh, everyone talked about food and I just, I'd landed in heaven.
1: Oh my gosh. And I don't mean to be rude when I point this out, but you don't look like you eat many burgers.
4: I do. I do. (laughs) I absolutely love, I savour. And I and I don't stop when the camera stops, you know. Just,
1: oh, that makes me sick, actually. I, I now am jealous, officially, because I've had to ramp up my running, for example.
4: Because but, but that's what you do. Exactly <laughs> right. You just do a bit more exercise. You look super so and, and also, look, the worlds I go into, unless I have seconds, I've mortally offended someone. I so. know.
1: <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand how you stay so kind of trim-looking.
4: Look, just in the last little while, I've just found the right amount of exercise, oh. which is, you know, blessed. Because I've always done something yeah. almost more for my head than anything else. Yes. When the kids were young, I'd swim every morning, largely just to, you know, just have time for me. Yes. But I do twenty minutes every morning, and that's and that's it. That's sort of enough to balance everything out.
1: Oh, that's great! Now I'm very excited for you, and because I think this is just going to be an absolute winner. But I had a little quick squeeze at your new book last night. Mm. Tell us all about it. Well, there's a,
4: a TV show on at the moment called Food Safari Fire. Yes. And this is the book of the show, but there's more in the book as well. There's just, you know, every page I turn, there are people that sparkle, people from the suburbs, some are, you know, big name chefs but it's all about cooking with fire across the world's cuisine. So and Japanese faces there, Argentinian cooking devices, and it's just this world, and it's filmed in Australia. It's not, you know, we haven't gone to exotic places because we don't have that sort of budget. It's amazing. It's it's a revolution in the suburbs.
1: And the thing about it is that I don't know about our listeners or, you know, or anyone else, but speaking for myself, I absolutely don't think, I don't think you can beat Anything that's cooked on a flame or a fire with that smoky flavour, particularly meats, I just go crazy for it. We do a sort of a Weber, you know, with the, the stones and, and different coals yeah. and the different uh, I say we. I mean my husband. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's actually that's the one thing too, he does brilliantly. To be able to sort of hand over and and the various wood chips and everything like that. And we do that at least once a week. How um, lovely! And it's a big, you know, it becomes a big family thing. So we all know. Right tonight we're having our, uh, we you know we've got the apple tree bits of wood oh, shards beautiful. that go into the pork. Not into the pork, but into the cooking of the pork yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. And I think it's just really—it's a, a slow process. It gives it such a beautiful flavour. And uh, honestly, I think for a lot of particularly men who aren't so much even into cooking, it seems like every Aussie male knows how to do a barbecue of some kind. I and think, I think
4: there's something lovely about being outside. Yes, it's, it's, it, you feel less rule-bound than yeah. you know cooking technique style in the kitchen. Yeah. However, fire, as you know, is is something that you just need to respect and be aware of. You know, you have that lovely smoky smell. You can smell food cooking, and fire has its own time. It slows you down. It does. It means that you need to have a drink and a chat with someone.
1: I know, and what I love in your book is at the beginning you've got uh, you know, ex- you you explain the different styles of cooking and and the different styles of, you know, the coals and the ash and all the different elements, which I think is so interesting. Like for any, even if you're not into cooking, I, I just think anybody would find this book fantastic and really fascinating. So wow, I'm really excited. You. I'm really excited for you with well, this look,
4: book. Well, look, I I had quite a learning curve because mm. I'm not a I'm not a woman of flame, you know, <laughs> <laughs> as much as I'd like to think. So I've learned a lot about different types of wood you mentioned apple Mm. wood you know fruit woods have a fantastic flavor so once you start getting into cooking over wood or charcoal whole new worlds open up and it is so much fun we love cooking outside oh. in australia we can do it six months of the year at least you know if not the whole time so
1: oh, and Maeve, you've very graciously given us two books to give away to our listeners today oh good What's um, what, so they, have what they have to do is just jump on our website which is what's dot cooking.com.au and you'll see the little entry form there to and just jump on and just let us know why you like cooking with fire and we'll draw out uh, two winners and send them off a copy of your book each, which is oh, wonderful lovely. and very generous. And also, tell us why you're coming to Melbourne soon.
4: Oh, well, years ago, and uh, this was through um, my very clever mother's group, Merida, Yes, <laughs> who um, said to me, look, uh, we hear you talking on radio about a Lebanese restaurant. We'd love you to take us there. And I said, look, at that time I was writing guidebooks uh, with Joanna Savile to eating out in Sydney and Melbourne Mm. across, you know, the interesting cuisines. And they said, look, we want you to take us there. It's so much more fun. And actually, it was. I took them from, you know, a sort of Sydney street into Beirut. And Uh. that was fantastic. Such a journey of the taste buds. So 18 years later, I'm still doing food tours. Some of them are banquets, some of them are walking tours, some of them are bus tours that go to... A lot of places that that we film on the food safari oh, how show. Oh, that's fun! That's so, so, so great. So live, and I just love it. So I'm coming uh, to Melbourne. I've been doing tours in Melbourne for um, the last three years. Mm. We do a multi cuisine tour. We do a Middle Eastern, a French, an Italian, and a Greek walking tour in Oakley, and I.
1: How exciting. How can our it. listeners get on board? How can they oh, come? It's uh,
4: gourmetsafaris.com.au.
1: Yes. Great. Okay. We'll do a link on this to our on our oh, website as well just so thank that we can so steer people in the right direction. Um I'm very excited I've I've been invited to come along with you. So I'm very very excited to come and check that out of and course, and I'll be letting everyone you know well. about it afterwards, Maeve, and telling everyone what I think about it and how exciting it was. <laughs> I can't wait. So lovely. Thank you. And okay. so how's fire been received so far? The oh, TV God. I was at a big
4: barbecue festival over the weekend yep. and people are coming up and saying, this is the best thing you've ever done. And I love meeting the people that watch our show and connect because it's actually, it's not about the host at all. It's about cooking styles and highlighting just the wealth of cuisines we have in Australia and getting people excited about maybe trying a few different um Different flavours, different cooking styles. And, um, you know, I think in that way, cultural harmony sort of enters our world. I'm one of the ambassadors for A Taste of Harmony coming up in March. Oh, yes. You know, I think food is just the best way to open doors and start conversations. So, but the fire thing is going off. And on Thursday nights, 8 o'clock. Yes. This week, it's all about cooking with different pots and pans and things that you wouldn't know. So, Frank Kamora is cooking with what's called a perol, which is like a deep dish paella. He took us out to a campground in Geelong with his mum and dad and all their friends. Oh. And we drank wine. We made this beautiful dish over fire. To oh, stay. that sounds amazing. Jeans, um, the Croatian peka, which is a special oven that you heap coals on top of, like a Croatian version of our camp oven, oh. but different, Um Joseph Abud from Rumi Restaurant uh, shows us how to cook on a sage, which is like an upturned wok, and do a pizza on that. Oh, hey,
1: they're just amazing. I, I'm okay, don't tell us anymore because you're okay. spoiling it. <laughs> and Maeve, thank you so much. This has been oh, Maeve O'Mara. Thank you, for, thank you for loving us. Oh, from Food Safari, thank you so much, Maeve. You're with What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS. Curly
0: Questions with Nerida Conway and Chef Ian Curley.
1: Thanks for listening to us on Macquarie Radio's NTS, What's Cooking? I'm Nerida Conway, and normally we have Ian Curley from The European here answering your Curly questions. But Ian is unavailable today. How rude. So... I've got another legend. I'm very excited. Travis McCauley, who's the executive chef of Hellenic Republic Group.
0: Legend. You're going to make me blush.
1: Well, you know, as I said to you earlier, lap it up, my friend. And I've asked Travis if he can fill in today for Ian and answer some curly questions. Now, the way this works is, Trav, our listeners get online to whats-cooking.com.au and they send in a question about cooking and I throw it to you blind Never having seen these questions before and you answer them oh, on air. I love it. love being put on the spot. <laughs> Sometimes it can be comedy gold and other times it's very informative. So I have got um, – Jerry from Laverton has sent in this one. I don't know if it's a female Jerry or a male Jerry. It's with a G. That's okay. usually a female, isn't it? Anyway, why do eggs curdle when you put them into a cake mix all at once but don't put necessarily curdle if you put them in one at a time gradually?
0: Um well really if in your cake mix, if you 're using butter mm. you 've got a fat component, so by gradually adding them they're kind of it 's emulsifying right. as if as if you're making mayonnaise the 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 egg helps to emulsify it, so great by adding them all at once, yes, you will tend to tend to split them by doing it gradually
1: if they 're split, can you unsplit them
0: um oh look it's you, you look, sometimes bring it up to room temperature slightly, depending on the on the batter that you're making for the cake. Mm. Um, look, you, if you if you sort of treat them gently, a little, little bit of temperature might sort of bring them back together. Okay. Um, but yeah.
1: Well, your your desserts are pretty spectacular at Hellenic Republic, whereas I can't even make a box cake successfully. <laughs> so, so I don't know anything about this egg curdling business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is another one that's come from Alison in Pimble in New South Wales. My husband cannot have salt in his food, unfortunately, for his diet. What herbs can I use in casserole stews to add flavour instead? I love salt, by the way, and it's a bit of a curse for our family. And it's such a nuisance because it never tastes as good without salt, obviously, um, even if I just sprinkle mine with salt after cooking. Yep.
0: Um... I do a bit of stuff with diabetes, and it's the same sort of issue because obviously Mm. diabetics can't have a lot of salt. True. Um, I guess probably just trying to maximise, maximise flavours. So, Mm. um, you know, using spices. I'll give you an example.
1: I'll think of something, say like just a beef stew casserole. Yep. And I can't Um, put salt in it.
0: Can't put salt. Uh, Your hard herbs: thyme, bay leaves, Mm. rosemary. Um, if you want to sort of go a little bit, sort of Middle Eastern, some cinnamon, mm. cardamom pods. Um,
1: so just so, herb up is what you're saying. Yeah, just
0: herb up, spices as well. Mm. Um, obviously salt. I mean, salts. It salts brings a flavour out of everything. But if you can try and maximise with, I guess, if you're doing a stew, caramelising your caramelising your meat first, try to get some of that. And natural just sugar. explain
1: caramelising meat. Well, purposes. just
0: a hot pan, sealing it so the you know the, the the surface of the meat goes caramelized and a nice golden sort of deep brown yes that'll bring out the natural sugars and add to the flavor
1: okay Mm. and so that's why you know when you say deglaze a pan or a recipe says deglaze pan that means that you um just to get this straight that means that you cover the beef in flour or what have you or whatever it might be and you fry it off and then does that mean you sort of add some stock or something to get all of the yummy sticky bits
0: yeah all those little burnt sort of crispy caramelized bits mm. on the pan it doesn't have to be sort of flour. any any sort of pan um just to get all those all those caramelized sugary pieces yes we'll, we'll do that as well
1: okay okay well that's good good to know and uh now i've got another one from bruce in mornington um do you know we get a lot lot more questions from men than women interesting it is interesting well a it tells me that the blokes are trying that's a good thing they're stepping up True. Because don't you find it interesting that a lot of top chefs are males? And yeah. yet most home cooks, and I say most, are women. Yeah. Why? Why? What happens there? I'm not going to... Oh, look,
0: I'm saying that. I'll look, there is a lot of females in the industry, obviously, mm. not as many men. I mean, the... Be careful how what we say here, but... Um, look, but I've, a lot worked, of home
1: cooks are women, aren't they? Maybe that's just because they're home with children a bit more or yeah, something. Yeah, look,
0: there's, 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 there's that. Um, I mean, as far as the industry go, there's some. there's some... I've worked some very... Very mm. tough, um, good female chefs. So mm. um, they have to be tough? <laughs> uh, look! It is. A, it is a. It's an intense, it's
1: pretty grueling job. It's an
0: intense industry. Long hours. Yes. Um, but saying that, um, maybe it's
1: just because women are cleverer than men, and they don't really want to do that job. That that <laughs> that could be it. Because we know how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
0: that could be it.
1: All right, back to the real questions though. Um, how do you quantify a recipe if you're cooking for a large number of people? Oh I want to know the answer to this one too. So do you just double the amount or times by how many people, and does it affect the cooking time if you're cooking, say five times as much for a big crowd?
0: Oh definitely I mean definitely if you were to double a cake mix mm. um, yeah, it's going to affect the cooking time. you're going to have a bigger dish to cook it in, you're going to the, the, well,
1: the I'll use an example. Uh, that's relevant to me, just so you can help me while while we're at it yeah. uh, so if I'm making a paella yep uh for say, and the recipe says this makes it for four, yep, but I'm actually making it for eight, yep do I just double the whole thing
0: oh, oh you would you would double all the ingredients yeah, and then you' you'd need to just obviously adjust the i mean depending on the cooking vessel you've got it in as well, yeah, unless your pans
1: big 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 pan exactly, but then um, how do I know how long it cooks for uh, be the same or you'd taste it it. <laughs> True.
0: It'd be it'd be an extra couple of minutes. You'd, you'd okay. sort of you know taste taste it to make sure it's perfect.
1: So common sense has to prevail. People is what Travis is politely trying to say. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. And desserts are a bit harder in that way though, because you have to be very exact. Um,
0: look, definitely definitely pastries and whatnot. You need to be exact. Okay. Um, yeah, but look depending depending on what you do, I mean, you know, if you're baking a cake, the temperatures are very pretty similar. Mm. A big if you were to make a bigger cake, you might drop it down a couple of degrees and cook it for a little bit longer so you okay. don't sort of burn it if the you know the the amount of batter is a lot thicker.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. Now um, give me some ideas, please, for school holidays. They're coming up not too not too far away. Believe it or not, it feels like we just had Already? Christmas. I can't believe oh my God. it. And I ask you this because you've got two beautiful little kids, and I know that yep. you do some cooking and bits and pieces with them. But um, what's a, what's a good easy kind of? What are some good easy things to cook at home with little children? Um, mine have
0: well, we we have pancakes every Sunday, so they, the, kid, the kids love getting involved with that. Mm. Um, what when, do you put on them, made, by the way? The kids just like butter and honey.
1: Yeah, oh, butter and honey. Okay, and not honey. lemon and
0: no, no, they're not into that yet. Sugar, yeah. Um, mine love making rice paper rolls. Oh, that's a good they idea. Love, they they come out looking a bit a the kitchen's bit, uh, trashed, probably yeah, a bit mauled. But uh, <laughs> no, they they love making rice paper rolls. That's a
1: good idea. Um,
0: baking, look, they love getting involved with baking biscuits. Mm. Um, yeah. have
1: Hang on. So your youngster's in prep, and you haven't yet taught him how to make the Hellenic Republic, ancient Greek grain salad. No,
0: no, not yet. Not oh, come yet. on. Not yet. <laughs> Give him time.
1: <laughs> oh, and they love cooking, don't they?
0: They love being look, anything to do with chocolate. They'll be involved with, but and uh,
1: actually anything to do yeah. with daddy.
0: Yeah, it's oh, about
1: the, the time you spend, isn't
0: it? Look at a young age. They, I used to have my daughter at the restaurant affair a fair bit during the day, yes. so I try and feed her octopus and anchovies and
1: <laughs> love it. Does she eat all that?
0: She, she did. She's become a bit more fussier as she gets yeah, older. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens.
1: Yeah, then they come back around.
0: I hope so. Yeah, they
1: do, and then you have other issues like door slamming and tantrums, teenage years kicking. <laughs> yes, we
0: look forward to those.
1: ha <laughs> um, Oh, that's so exciting. And so what are your what are some things that we should keep an eye out for that are on the menu at Hellenic at the moment, by the oh, way?
0: Oh, we, we're about to come into autumn. Mm. Uh, what are we doing? What's in um, season
1: in autumn, by the way? What's
0: in season? Autumn mushrooms will be starting to – Okay. We got some beautiful Otway shiitake mushrooms in the other day. Nice. Yeah. Um, Look, things the menu start to get a little bit heavier. A little bit of yep. comfort food starts to creep in. Yep. Um, we're doing a lot of a little bit of slow cooking. Yum. Braises, mm. soups. The cold weather always nice to get soups back on the menu. Yes.
1: Okay. Right. So we've got to start getting ourselves organised and get some yep. soup recipe books. People coming into autumn. Yep. Um, what shall I plant in my garden in autumn coming up?
0: Oh, I think it's because summer's again. nearly
1: done. Tomatoes are nearly done
0: tomatoes is this the mm. time you start putting potatoes and beetroot in
1: yes actually that's a good idea yeah potatoes meh, they take up too much room and yeah they usually fails in my house
0: my 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 planning schedule all i know how to do is put tomatoes in before <laughs> cup day and i think that's that's the, yeah. the most of my gardening
1: yes well i picked a load of cherry tomatoes and made some beautiful sauce you'd have been proud trav of me
0: <laughs> Fantastic. I'll come around to steal some of that too.
1: Please. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for filling in in curly questions. My pleasure. Thank you for having if me. If you've got any more questions, just get on the website, whats-cooking.com.au, and send them in. You're with Macquarie Radio NTS.